0: Hello, how are you guys? I'm um, going to have to do that like over again than I did last night. So here we go. Radio Live and 4 Thank you.
1: to get their hands on as much physical silver or gold as they can, and most of the retailers are just blown out. There's hardly any physical precious metal left anywhere at this point. Everybody who knows what's up, they've been trying to get as much of this as they can before World War III starts. The problem here is the world's financial system, at least in the West, is already on the edge. It's barely functioning right now. The Bank of England just about collapsed on Monday, I think it was. Credit Suisse is on the rocks. The US has just surpassed $31 trillion in debt. Now, that doesn't even count entitlements and so on, obligations. The dollar printing is out of control. The euro is collapsing in value. It's just you add to that then nuclear war, you know, on top of the house of cards of the financial system. And what do you get? Well, you get the end of Western finance. But-
2: Sorry, guys, I'm going to have to dial it back because I'm still getting these uh, problems here.
1: Hold on one minute. Nuclear colon. Preemptive. We didn't have list of provocative, uh, threatening talk that's going to maneuver us into World War III, which, of course, is exactly what NATO wants. It's what the Western leaders want. And so since Zelensky is their puppet, you know, installed by the CIA and Victoria Nuland, and others in the State Department back in 2014 during the Obama administration. Zelensky is a puppet, and he is now the most dangerous man on planet Earth in terms of what he's calling for. He wants – I mean, it's insane. He wants a preemptive nuclear strike against Russia, but Russia would immediately retaliate before the missiles even fell. And Russia would retaliate with basically everything they've got, nuking all the cities of Western Europe, not just Kiev – but also, you know, Warsaw and Paris and, and London and Berlin and, and Washington DC, New York City, everything. so if if Zelensky gets what he wants, then every major city in the Western world is turned into radioactive dust, okay? That's what Zelensky is calling for. It is insane that there is anybody anywhere in the world still supporting Zelensky. And it's insane that Democrats in America, support this regime, which is led by a madman, that if if he had been the kind of person in charge back during the Cold War, the world would have already been destroyed. So thank God we didn't have lunatics like Zelensky in charge during the Cold War. We wouldn't even be here. But to quote him, he gave a virtual address to Australia's Laowey Institute, and he said, quote, what should NATO do? Eliminate the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons. He said, quote, I once again appeal to the international community as it was before 24, uh, before February 24, colon, preemptive strikes so that they, that is Russia, know what will happen to them if they use it and not the other way around. And he continues. He says, don't wait for Russia's nuclear strikes and then say, oh, since you did this, take that from us. He says, reconsider. The way you apply pressure. This is what NATO should do. Reconsider the order in which it applies pressure on Russia. He means the, this is he's calling for a nuclear first strike on Russia, which of course would be the start of World War III. So, Dmitry Peskov, a spokesperson for the Kremlin, he responded yesterday, saying that these remarks, quote, are nothing but a call to start a world war which would result in, quote, unforeseeable disastrous consequences. Yeah, of course. And then Russian Foreign Minister Spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said, quote, every person on the planet should recognize that the unbalanced Ukrainian leader has turned into a monster whose hands can destroy the planet. Yeah. And then let's see, uh, Lavrov from Russia, Sergei Lavrov said, quote, by doing so, Uh, Zelensky essentially presented the world with further evidence of the threats posed by the Kiev regime, adding, quote, this is why a special military operation was launched, to neutralize them. Folks, no matter what you think about Ukraine versus Russia, Putin versus Biden or Zelensky, you would have to be completely insane, an insane criminal, a madman, a psychotic lunatic to call for nuclear strikes against Russia, knowing that, number one, Russia can block a lot of those incoming strikes, and then secondly, that Russia has the world's largest nuclear arsenal of missiles ready to go, aimed at the military targets of the West, the cities of the West, and cities of Ukraine. If, if Zelensky gets his way, goodbye Kiev, okay? Goodbye Berlin, goodbye Paris, goodbye Washington, D.C., goodbye, you know, every, every major city of NATO nations just be turned into radioactive rubble. Now, this demand by Zelensky puts us on the brink of world war, nuclear war. It is so outrageous and so escalatory that even his own office has been trying to walk it back. They issued a statement saying that Zelensky, quote, did not call on NATO countries to preemptively use nuclear weapons against the Russian Federation, even though that's exactly what he did. They say he spoke about the period before the start of the full-scale invasion. (laughs) I don't think so. Even Breitbart.com is reporting this. That article says that Zelensky's preemptive strikes remarks caused alarm worldwide in the greater context of growing panic over a potential nuclear war, fueled by individuals such as Biden, who warned of an impending Armageddon Uh, that was on Thursday afternoon. The Russian government, as the target of the remarks, was particularly appalled, referring to Zelensky as a, quote, monster. And that's from Maria Zakharova. So here we are on the verge of global thermonuclear war. And Zelensky is throwing gasoline on the fire, just trying to set it off. Unbelievable. How does he think he's going to survive, by the way? Wherever he is, you think that's not going to receive a nuke? Of course it is. He'd be one of the first to fry, frankly. Fried Zelensky. Radioactive dust, man. This is no joke. This guy is insane. Now, because of this and and a few other factors that are present here, I invited John Perez into an interview. We did about a 40-minute interview a little while ago. And that's what I'm going to play for you here tonight. John Perez is a silver expert, financial analyst, and he has some rather shocking predictions of what's going to happen with Russia and Ukraine and the satellite destruction that's going on. He's going to talk about Elon Musk and Starlink and a few other things. And he believes, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the whole interview here, but he believes that when the first nuke detonates, It doesn't even matter who sets it off, whether it's a false flag set off by NATO or an actual attack by Russia or an attack by NATO on Russia. Whatever it is, the first nuke that goes off, well, there's financial panic in the world. And as John Perez explains, gold and silver prices are going to absolutely explode. He's talking about silver in his view, which is right now about $20 going $50, $60, $100 plus and continuing way beyond that, actually way beyond. I'll I'll let you hear the numbers from him. Robert Kiyosaki was estimating that silver could end up in the $500 territory at some point here, and everybody I know is trying to get their hands on as much physical silver or gold as they can, and most of the retailers are just blown out. There's hardly any physical precious metal left anywhere at this point everybody who knows what's up they've been trying to get as much of this as they can before world war 3 starts the problem here is the world's financial system at least in the west is already on the edge it's barely functioning right now the bank of england just about collapsed on monday i think it was and credit suisse is on the rocks the us has just surpassed 31 trillion dollars in debt now, that doesn't even count entitlements and so on, obligations. The dollar printing is out of control. The euro is collapsing in value. It's just you add to that then nuclear war, you know, on top of the house of cards of the financial system. And what do you get? Well, you get the end of Western finance, basically, probably. You get banks frozen and bail-ins and collapsing currencies all over the world and and then you get of course a currency reset which many people believe is exactly what the globalists are trying to achieve they want nuclear war in order to cover their tracks for all the financial crimes that they've committed for decades i mean since 1971 in the u.s when nixon took us off the gold standard so all this mad money printing which is looting of the american people and let's not call it inflation let's just call it central bank theft, because that's what it is. All this central bank theft that has driven us into bubbles and debt, you know, stock market bubbles, bond bubbles, real estate bubbles, but debt, 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 $31 trillion in debt. How are they going to clear this system out? How are they going to reset this system? Oh, they need nukes to fall. That's why Zelensky, who is a puppet of the West, is being told to call for nuclear war. by the way, at least that's my assessment. It wasn't a mistake what he said he was ordered to do that. He say like, hey you're you're our puppet, you're gonna call for nuclear war. And by the way, one of my Intel sources says that NATO and Zelensky are conspiring to set off a false flag nuclear detonation in Ukraine that they will blame on Russia and then use that as justification to launch a first strike against Russia. And again, why? Why do they want to strike Russia? Because they know Russia will retaliate, and the retaliation will strike all the major cities and financial capitals and even political capitals of Western nations, causing total destruction from which, from which these left-wing socialists slash communists that run you know, Great Britain and uh, Germany and the United States and Canada They can say, well, well, yeah, the currency collapsed, but it was Putin's fault. It wasn't our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't the money printing. It wasn't the financial looting of our countries. No, it was World War III, you know, force majeure. That's what happened. Which, by the way, if you know anything about Building 7 and why it was brought down with controlled demolition, because that's where a lot of records were kept for all the financial crimes of the intelligence community and the George Bush CIA, by the way they had to get rid of all the records oh it went down in flames what a coincidence hmm force majeure so you see this this is where we are Where these insane psychopathic globalist leaders and let's be honest barack obama is running biden and the biden regime is running zelensky which includes victoria nuland and others okay so these are all insane psychopaths incredible criminals working against humanity, they don't care if they kill hundreds of millions of people as long as they get to cover the tracks for their financial crimes and then someday emerge from their underground you know, bunkers and military bases where they will survive on their emergency food and emergency medicine and all their stockpiles of gold and silver and ammunition and everything else. And then they will reemerge to the surface after who knows how many millions are dead And they'll say, well, well, we have to have a new currency now. The old one's gone. Hmm. So we'll start with a new currency. Let's make it a digital central bank currency. How about that? Or central bank digital currency, CBDC. That's what this is all about, folks. If I thought that our leaders did not want nuclear war, I would have a greater sense of hope or optimism about this. But they want nuclear war. They need the detonations, just like they needed controlled demolition on 9-11. And so they've rigged the system for global nuclear war. That's why I was listening to an interview with Joel Skousen the other day. Joel Skousen says exactly the same thing. He says there is a 100% chance that this goes nuclear. 100%. He is certain we're going to end up in a nuclear war with Russia. It's just a question of when. And he thought that the first weapon to strike the United States would actually be a high-altitude EMP detonation to take down the power grid, followed by nuclear strikes on military bases to disable the military, but not on civilian targets or cities, for example, but just to disable the military. And then that once that begins, China would launch its invasion Or I should say global attack against the West, which includes attacking Taiwan, but also attempting to take out the United States. So once this thing begins, it's going to be Russia and China as partners against the West. And it's going to be a nuclear war. And there are going to be land invasions. And if you're in the United States, you're going to have an EMP weapon, take out the power grid and most electronics, so America's cities will be plunged into total chaos, mass starvation, you know, the municipal water won't work, the power grid won't work, cell towers won't work, right? I mean, nothing will function, and the civilian populations will tear themselves apart through sickness and violence, crime, and then eventually You know, disease from all of the raw sewage rolling down the streets of these cities, kind of like San Francisco, but everywhere. And you're going to have a die off of anywhere from 70 to 90 percent of the civilian population within about six months anyway. And the military will be decimated by nuclear strikes. That's the scenario that Joel Skousen is describing, at least as as best as I can paraphrase it. And I, I think he's exactly right. I think that's exactly the way this is going to go down. And frankly, folks, this this scenario may be days away or, or could be weeks, could be months. If we're lucky, maybe it's years away. If we're really lucky, maybe we can stop it. Maybe we can get the lunatics out of power. And these lunatics like Victoria Nuland and the Obamas and the Biden crime regime and the Clintons and so on, Putin sees that these people are lunatics as well. This is what Putin's fighting against. If we can dismantle this psychotic, lunatic regime that's currently in power in the United States after rigging the election, obviously, then there'd be no need to go to war with Russia. We might be able to achieve world peace, actually, if we recapture political control in the United States through elections, not calling for violence or anything like that, but through peaceful means and elections or perhaps... Mass arrests of the criminals who have been carrying out these crimes against America.
2: Unfortunately, that's not going to
0: happen um, because they are uh, in charge, and they are going to. Um, they're going to make sure they get away with it. That's what they're going to. We're gonna make sure. It doesn't matter. Just like the killings, the amount of murders they committed, a lot of people died to try to rat from, from the field. That's what's gonna happen. All right. Every it's very hard because a lot of people um have you know, tried to expose them, they're dead. People who tried to uh, look at the Franklin report, okay? People who tried to uh, do that investigation into the sick things that was happening, possibly connected to the Clintons, they're dead. Okay? Not a game. All right, on to the next story. I'm going to show you an article proving what he's saying is true. Volensky calls for a preemptive action to deter Russian nuclear strikes. Okay. Ukrainian President Volensky on Thursday called for the international community to take preventive action to deter the potential use of nuclear weapons by Russia into the ongoing war in Ukraine. In an address to, Lowly, to the Lowy Institute, a nonpartisan international policy think tank in Australia, underscored the importance of the preemptive strike prevention action so that Russia can get better I picture of the potential to use nuclear weapons. If Russia uses nuclear weapons, they're still going to be on top. Zelensky is a small man, so is the country that he is president of, and he's not thinking clearly. those steps are crucial to deterrence Zelensky like said. We caution against waiting for the nuclear Strikes first. The Ukrainian President Press Secretary Sergei Nikolforov later clarified his comments after some media interrupted the suggestion to include preemptive nuclear strikes rather than non nuclear steps like sanctions. You will never hear such call for Ukraine, uh, Nikolforov said in a translated Facebook post, asserted that only Russia would resort to blackmail the world with nuclear threats. Ah, uh, no, that's not what it's is next to see. He has long called for, upon international community to take granted measures to deter Russia from the conflict, which has waged on for more than seven months. His comments to the Rowley Institute come after Moscow moved to annex parts of occupied Ukraine by holding referendums considered illegitimate by much of the international community. Russian President Vladimir Putin also recently threatened that Russia would not hesitate to use nuclear weapons. Against what is perceived as a severe threat, further worrying the global community about the strikes of the ongoing war. Ukraine's capital Kyiv is reportedly prepping for a potential nuclear attack on the city, stocking evacuation centers with potassium iodide pills, which can help against radiation absorption. It's addressed Thursday, Zelensky repeated his concerns about Russian military presence and Ukraine's nuclear power plant, the last. The largest in Europe. nearby fighting and Russian control of the Ukrainian workers that still manage the site have endangered the plans operations on more than one occasion. Nothing concerns about a possible nuclear accident. This is, uh, I don't know, man. Just <laughs> Ukraine is weird. Okay? Unless they want a the nuclear strike, then you have people. You know, trying to have orders in retaliation. A weird country that you preside over. That's what I gotta say. Just extremely weird. I just hope that uh someone could get in this gear and say, look, this is not a good way to go, dude. I don't I don't know what you're thinking, but um this ain't this ain't it. Okay, so here's what's going on now I think putin took took this how do you think Putin took this? I just want to ask you a question all right.
3: Thank you.
4: Eight months now, ever since the Russia-Ukraine war started, the one question that has been asked time and again is which way will this war go? Where are things headed? Who is winning? Tonight on Gravitas, we tell you about the biggest escalation in this war, russia has bombed 10 cities across ukraine as it carries out revenge strikes revenge for what what was the trigger and what lies ahead why is this a crucial turning point in this conflict we decode this and more in this edition of gravitas The war in Ukraine has escalated after suffering a slew of setbacks. The Russian forces are retaliating. There was sustained bombing in at least 10 cities. At least 11 people have died. Over 80 are injured. The U.S. has called the strikes horrific. The European Union called it barbaric. India says it is deeply concerned by this escalation. The world is talking about the pictures from Ukraine. Let's bring you up to speed with all the developments, starting with a map of Ukraine. Just look at this. From Lviv in the west to Kharkiv in the east and Makolev in the south, bombs were dropped in all directions. Reports say Russia launched at least 75 missiles, 40 were intercepted by Ukraine, the rest escaped Ukrainian defenses. 11 infrastructure facilities in Ukraine have been damaged, and this includes Kiev. Rockets rained down on Ukraine's capital. To call these strikes horrific would be an understatement. I have some pictures to show you. A journalist was reporting live from the heart of Kiev when missiles were fired. Have a look.
2: A major city in the south of the country, very close to the front lines, uh, was hit uh, more
5: a dozen.
1: So.
4: Looks scary, does it not? When the attack started, a girl was filming herself on the streets of Kiev. A missile fell dangerously close to her. Here is what was happening on the streets of Kiev. Vehicles were ablaze, roads were blown up, and several buildings were damaged. The skyline of Kiev was filled up with smoke. Have a look. It was a deadly morning in Kiev. Now, look at the aftermath. One of the missiles dropped here at a children's park. Let me remind you, this is not supposed to be a war zone, but a missile landed right inside this children's park. Just look at that massive crater. Even diplomatic missions came under attack. A German consulate in Kiev was hit. Romania says a missile fell just 850 meters from its embassy in Kiev. Romania's foreign minister has issued a strong condemnation. Ukraine's president Volodymyr Zelensky stepped out on the streets after that wave of missile strikes. He shared Kiev's initial assessment. The morning is difficult. We are dealing with terrorists, dozens of missiles, Iranian Shahids. They have two targets. Energy facilities throughout the country, Kiev, Khmelensky region, Lviv and Dnipro, Vinitsia, Ivano-Frankivsk region, Zaporizhia, Sumi region, Kharkiv region, Jotmer region, Kirovograd region, the south of the country. They want panic and chaos. They want to destroy our energy system. They are hopeless. The second target is people. And barely a few hours after that message, Vladimir Putin delivered his own address. The Russian president spoke to his security council, but his message was relayed worldwide. What was the reason behind such a massive escalation? Here is Putin answering that question. By its action, the Kyiv regime has de facto put itself in a row with international terrorist formations, with most heinous <laughs> groups. To leave such crimes with no response is just not possible anymore. This morning, on the advice of the Defense Ministry and according to a plan from the General Staff, a massive strike was carried out with high-precision, long-range weapons from air, sea, and land on energy, military command, and communication facilities in Ukraine. What crimes was Putin talking about? What was he referring to? This bridge... The Kerch Strait Bridge, also known as the Crimean Bridge, it was blown up over the weekend. That is what Putin is so angry about. Because this bridge is a lifeline for Russia. It is the only land route that connects Crimea with the Russian mainland. The bridge has a road and railway line. On Saturday, there was a fiery explosion. Did you see that? Apparently, a truck exploded on the bridge. It ignited some fuel tanker nearby. That is what caused the explosions. Now, guess who tweeted that video out? It was an advisor to the Ukrainian government. Kiev has not officially claimed responsibility for the blast, but on social media, Ukrainian officials were celebrating the explosion. Consider this tweet. It's from Oleksiy Danilov. He is the chief of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council. He shared a video. It shows the bridge in Crimea engulfed in flames, along with Marilyn Monroe singing, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Vladimir Putin celebrated his 70th birthday on Saturday. There was a message with the video. Good morning, Ukraine.
2: To you. Happy
0: birthday. To you. Happy birthday, Mr. President.
4: Happy.
2: They really trying to start a war. They're really trying to get that war going.
4: I'm sure you would have joined the dots by now. That is the reason behind Ah! today's escalation. Vladimir Putin is angry. Russia is blaming the Ukrainian forces for the blast on the uh, on that bridge. Moscow has suffered a series of setbacks on the battlefield in recent weeks, leading experts and the government in Kiev were expecting the Russian forces to hit back. Today's military action seems to be the beginning of Russia's retaliation. Putin says he plans to respond forcefully.
0: It is simply
4: impossible to leave crimes of this kind unanswered. If attempts to carry out acts of terrorism on our territory continue, Russia's response will be harsh and its scale will correspond to that of the threat made against the Russian Federation. No one should be in any doubt about that. The invasion of Ukraine is a personal battle for Vladimir Putin. Ukraine was a part of the Soviet Union, and we all know what the Russian president feels about its collapse he has called it a genuine tragedy the war in ukraine is his personal effort to rewrite history and undo what he calls a genuine tragedy all signs indicate that putin plans to intensify this war last month he announced a partial mobilization 300,000 reservists are being sent to the front lines. And then we witnessed the annexation of four Ukrainian territories. And now the retaliatory missile strikes. Today, the Russian president made another big move. He is forging a deeper military alliance with Belarus. Russia and Belarus have created a joint military task force. The Belarusian president, Alexander Lukashenko, gave an order to his troops. They have been asked to deploy with the Russian forces. Lukashenko issued a warning to Kiev as well.
3: Tell the president
4: of Ukraine and the other lunatics, if any of them are still there, that the Crimean Bridge will seem to them like a walk in the park if they ever touch a single square meter of our territory with their dirty hands. What's the basis of that claim? We are not sure. But the problem with a military escalation is this. The situation can easily spin out of control and lead to some unintended consequences. Putin's missile strikes today have led to some unexpected outcomes. Three Russian missiles today crossed Moldova's airspace. That's right, the Russians launched these missiles from the Black Sea. They were supposed to hit Ukraine. Instead, they ended up violating the Moldovan airspace. Will the war in Ukraine spill over to its neighborhood? The possibility has always been there. Russia's latest military moves have increased the chances of a spillover.
2: And that's what's gonna happen. I
0: hope everybody is uh stocking up on food and water and I hope that uh I hope people are taking it seriously all right cuz we're in trouble we got a lunatic president who's supporting uh, Ukraine okay and you know, he's given them so much of our of the, our country's military weapons and resources that our military is low on weapons now. That's how bad it is. Low on weapons, and, and he doesn't care. He does not care. the type of people that Mr. Joe Biden is giving weapons to. The Ukrainian army's commander-in-chief poses with to bracelet and they say he's not a Nazi. It, these aren't Nazis, no. General Valery Zelnov, the commander in chief of Ukraine's armed forces, has posted a foot on which shows him wearing a swapsta bracelet. In the post on Thursday, Zolna declared that Ukraine's struggle against Russia is an on-scale that the world has not seen since uh, the Second World War. It was not immediately clear which side of the struggle he was referring to. Adorning you know, um, Zelensky's wrist in the photo is a bracelet made of multiple ties, tiles, at least one which features a swatch. Right here, a handful of pro-Ukrainian Ukrainian commentators claimed that Zelensky's bracelet in the Actually depicted a standing in the page pagan symbol which looked like a swatch due to the digital compression of the image. Zoranis himself commented on one Facebook post insisting that it was that it was the, the case. However, he is not the first Ukrainian service member accused of wearing a uh, Nazi insignia. Apart from the notorious Ezra Richard Ukrainian military, which originated as a neo-Nazi militia, regular Ukrainian service members have been seen wearing. S head, Putin, symbol of the 3rd SS Panzer Division, and has also dubbed Swatchkas on the vehicles. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has posted an image of a Ukrainian soldier wearing the standard of the 14th Waffen Grenade Division of the SS, a photo of the artilleryman wearing the death and a photo of one of his own bodyguards wearing the scene. token pal patch. Two of these pictures were posted to official history. Russian President Vladimir Putin cited the outside influence of neo Nazi Putin in Ukraine's military and government as one of the factors of his decision to the country. In February, in addition to protecting the Donbass region and demilitarizing Ukraine, Putin vowed to denazify the country. Despite the evidence, Ukrainian officials and some was have described the accusations of neo season as a myth in Russian propaganda. And the propaganda is big, it's huge. Even Elon Musk is saying that, you know, uh, Nazi, the word Nazi is not what you think it is. That's why I give uh, Elon Musk the side eye. And plus, when he wants to build company towns, okay, when they dictate every aspect of your life, okay? Just realize that all those Russian missiles hit their targets. NATO air defense did not stop any of mm. missiles. That's a good that's that's something to know. Okay. It means like NATO doesn't care. But um I wouldn't be surprised that this is all one big script, okay? And Putin could be playing his part. Okay. Just saying. That's what I. I'm just saying that that's it. that's it could be a, it could be that. Let's talk about this 2023 recession that's about to come up. Let's talk about that.
3: Now, Xi Jinping may be preparing for his coronation, but like all leaders, all world leaders, he faces a challenging period ahead. Why do I say that? Because a recession is around the corner. A few months back, we were discussing the possibility of a recession, and now the topic has changed. It's not a question of if there will be a recession; it's a question of how deep will it be. Let me now show you some of the warning signs. Number one, top corporate leaders are already bracing for the worst. Consulting firm KPMG polled 400 business leaders in the United States. Ninety-one percent of them are predicting a recession. Only 34 percent expect it to be mild and short. The rest, almost 66 percent. Are predicting a longish one a long recession at that now business leaders are well placed to make these forecasts they track the job market they know all about debt and investments and right now they are predicting a painful recession the next big question how are they preparing for it most companies brace for recessions and cost cuts and more often than not that means firing people mid-level companies are planning exactly this A recent survey found that 25% of all such firms are firing workers. In fact, some have already begun the layoffs. Others are planning it in the next 12-month cycle. Now, this is the biggest indicator of a looming recession, sort of like flashing red lights. Remember, during the recession of 2008, America's unemployment rate doubled. It rose from 5% to 10%. The same thing happened during the 2020 lockdowns. The U.S. unemployment rate topped 14.7%. The question is, will 2023 be the same? Let me now tell you what Goldman Sachs is predicting. They believe that U.S. unemployment will increase from 3.6% to 4%. So not really a massive increase, but still substantial. Let's tell you what's happening in India. It is also going through a similar churn. Major IT companies are reportedly revoking offer letters. This includes the likes of Tech Mahindra, Wipro, and Infosys. All these companies recruited freshers from colleges. They put them through interviews and tests, even gave them offer letters, but now, almost four months later, the offer has been withdrawn. The reason? Officially, they say it's because of eligibility criteria and company guidelines, but experts say it's because of the slowdown. Many of these recruits are now speaking out on social media. Coming back now to the warning signs. Even UN agencies have started sounding them. I'm talking about UNCTAD, the UN Conference on Trade and Development. On Monday, the body released a new report on the global economy. It is titled Development Prospects in a Fractured World. The whole report is pretty long, but let me show you the big takeaways, the highlights. Number one, the world is headed towards a recession and prolonged stagnation. Number two, the looming crisis could be worse than the 2008 recession. Number three, this crisis is the result of bad policy and misplaced political will. Number four, developing countries will face the brunt of it, especially those in Latin America and Africa. The report also mentioned some numbers. The global economic growth is expected to fall to 2.5% in 2022 and 2.2% in 2023. The slowdown could cost us 20% of global income. That's around $17 trillion. Next up is the debt crisis. 60% of all low-income countries are almost in debt distress, plus 30% of emerging market countries. These governments do not have the money to service their debt. And if things get worse, you could be looking at more Sri Lankas. Adding to their misery is, of course, the dollar. Currencies in 90 developing countries have weakened against the dollar, meaning their imports are more expensive. They are spending more dollars to buy food, fuel and fertilizers, which means they are burning through their reserves. Not an ideal situation at all. Since the UN is calling this crisis policy-induced, is there any way out of it? Can we possibly avoid this recession? The UNTAD chief believes it is still possible. Let me now quote what she said. Focusing solely on a monetary policy approach without addressing supply-side issues in trade, energy, and food markets may indeed exacerbate the problem. So what is the UNTAD asking for? More pragmatic policies, for example, windfall taxes. Multinational companies have used this crisis to boost their own profits. The best example is big oil. The UN wants governments to tax these extra profits. That would bring in some much-needed relief money. Secondly, curb speculation. Food and fuel prices have been volatile in the last year. And this has led to a speculation frenzy in futures contracts and commodity swaps. Let me explain. Usually, that's not the case. People enter the agriculture market to buy the commodity, to take delivery of it. But now, financial players have entered it. They are looking to earn profits through speculation. They are not interested in actually taking delivery of the commodity. And the result is this demand and supply forces are not strong anymore the market is becoming more and more volatile the u.n wants governments to tame just that and finally the last point job creation i know this may sound strange usually you need to have job cards to drive down inflation but in this case the u.n is asking for intelligent spending like on green energy or climate resilient infrastructure This will not only contribute to the clean economy aspect of it, but it will also create much-needed jobs. The bottom line is this. I'm
2: sorry, but this windmill nonsense is not going to create jobs. Wind barely comes, okay? In a consistency that will build energy. So these windmill stuff, this is nonsense. Utter nonsense.
3: There is still time, maybe not to avoid a recession completely, but at least... Limit its impact, soften the blow. But for that, we need pragmatic and political choices, like finding a solution to the war in Ukraine.
2: The solution is to give Ukraine to Russia. Ukraine is crazy. These people act in the fool. Like I said, they want to uh, retaliate against Putin by having sex orgies. I don't. I don't know how that works. Hey, whatever. Maybe they're into witchcraft. Ritual sex magic. The the uh the president Zelensky he's crazy. He wants to have a nuclear strike against Putin. Putin has all the cards. He's willing to get everybody else killed. So just give Ukraine to Russia. That's it. Call it a day.
3: Or reducing trade frictions among major economies like the U.S. and China. I know these may not be politically popular moves, but with the window closing fast, our options are limited.
0: The craziness of even mentioning windmills as to uh, help with the economy. Wow. Okay. Okay. Right well, let's go on with this uh, new drug epidemic that's happening in Philadelphia. Let's talk about that. Well, first, it was fentanyl. Now, it's another drug infiltrating the drug supply of Philadelphia with a host of disturbing consequences. It's called Trank. Action News investigative reporter Chappardelli sits down with an amputee who shows us the impact Trank is having on drug users and doctors. And a warning, the images you're about to see are graphic.
5: Brooke Petter has already had a leg amputated. Now she's worried she may lose an arm. Very dear. A drug suppliers lacing the fentanyl and heroin supply with the animal tranquilizer Xylazine, or Trank, as it's called on the streets. We walk the streets of Kensington's open-air drug market to see its impact. This
2: necrotic flesh. That's actually, it, this actually looks phenomenal right now. We probably didn't start seeing Trank until... I don't look phenomenal. I look Gross
0: maybe three or four years ago.
5: Dr. Joseph DeRazio is a Temple University doctor and an expert in addiction medicine. He says initially people like Petter never knew Trink was in the drug supply, but now they do as it's in almost all of the opioid supply in Philadelphia. DeRazio says xylazine mixed with an opioid can create a stronger effect. It's really cheap. Here's the thing, xylazine is an unscheduled veterinary drug uh, it's very easy to obtain. It's not illegal. Durazio says trank causes fast moving necrotic wounds, mostly on extremities, and not necessarily is a death of body tissue. <laughs> trank causes heavy sedation. People who inject or snort it are often knocked out for hours on end. While experts say it hasn't led to a surge in overdoses, it causes other withdrawal symptoms like extreme anxiety. Drank is heavily concentrated in the Northeast, but DERAZIO says spreading nationwide. This is wound cleanser. So we... Outreach groups like Prevention Point in Kensington and the Philadelphia Health Department are now deploying pop up medical units to help care for wounds. Too often, they say, wound sufferers are hesitant for help due to the stigma. But the loss of limbs is changing minds. These are they're
4: awesome. serving upwards of seventy-five people a month.
5: Brooke Patter continues to care for her wound, but still uses, despite knowing Trank is in the supply.
2: Still uses. She's this stuff also eats you from the inside out. Okay, that's what it also does. It also, when you're unconscious, it can leave you open to murder, being murdered, or sexually assaulted.
5: By her prognosis, still very much uncertain.
2: I mean, it could be this good right now. It's just,
1: it's, it's coming along.
5: Well. Doctors say Narcan won't revive a person who's heavily sedated on Trank, but people should still administer it if you think someone's having an overdose because it's the opioids and the fentanyl. That's killing people.
0: What the hell? Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's giving me anxiety right now. Hey yeah. Yeah. That's that's basically what's being sold on the street now. And a lot of people are going to die. it's very it's like once that it gets a hold of you, a drug, alcohol. I mean alcohol is something like you, you get drunk is you know, if you're an addict you get drunk. Yeah, it's gonna you know, once it's gonna have a, you're gonna have problems because once the body gets attached, that like with any drug, it's kind of like that, you know, that movie Venom, okay? And uh, it's going to control you once it calls it calls and you're gonna have to make a choice. Are you gonna suppress it and suffer the withdrawal? Or are you gonna give in? the Need for um, that drug? You're gonna give in to that that calling. Crazy man. Absolutely easy. So another round of uh, pervert teachers, pervert female teachers. I know what it is, man. Sprove finds NYC teachers sent raunchy sex, sex and sexually preyed on students. School moms are going wild in New York City. Newly released reports from the Special Commissioner of Investigation for City Schools documented multiple cases of shocking sexually charged behavior by female teachers and in city public schools, from betting students to sending explicit photos to high schoolers to expose their breaths in remote five year olds to remote learning five year olds. Natalie Black, 27, a teacher at Hillside Arts Letters Academy, and a queen sent at least five, 15 launching snaps of herself in the gray or nude to a male student beginning in late 2021. And that's SCI report. The boy was interviewed by the NYPD, but no charge was filed by March. The report black guy she a male student with a little vagina. On her parents in students' homes and told him to eat my butt and sent kids videos of herself deep-floating a liquor bottle and dancing naked, the waist down. Billside administrators never informed the school community investigation <clears throat> of the investigation, students said. Black refused to cooperate with the S- investigators. She was removed from the DOE service while the code was ongoing. The report noted. but remains on DOE employee as a DOE employee, according to her active LinkedIn page, which also sends readers to self-created videos of Black senior performance on YouTube. The SCI report recommended that Black be permanently removed from the DOA workforce, given her total unfitness as a dog. Don't know what that means. The Department of Education declined to provide blacks employment. Why? Another galing incident, Makita Brooks Stanton, a paraprofessional at ps Queens, took her phone along. A May 2020 doctor's visit and stripped down for a breast exam in full view of a remote learning pre kindergarten class. Pre kindergarten. Another daily incident <clears throat> sorry, she had even had the doctor say hi to the class on Google Meet. Said the mortified mother who was monitoring the session Wow, who was monitoring the session over her five year old shoulder. She was in her blue gown and that's when she was exposed. The mom told the post last week it was in front of you. Brooke Stanton flashed the pot for about two minutes, said the mom, who's shot. Eventually, got the class lead teacher to shut down the offending screen. The breast exposure to a pre K class did not appear purposeful. SCI eventually concluded, but Brooks actions showed a serious lack of professionalism. Okay, um, this is Natalie Black, the one who uh has sent me 15 raunchy snaps of herself and Andre are new to year old male students. All right. Getting back to uh, this person right here, it really felt. I felt really bad when I registered the complaint. The mother said, "I think it was just a poor judgment call on her part." And this is what leads me to say again that we live in a society where females cannot. Females are not held accountable for their actions. Rarely are they held accountable for their actions, and also females can't hold themselves accountable. You can't. A female can't hold another female accountable sometimes. Most of the times, they can't. They come up with an excuse, which leads me to think that deep down, females don't like being held accountable. Look Stanton remains at PS160, family said. In other cases, substantiated by the SCI, Danielle Medellin, 24, then 24 exchanged nearly 5,500 very pertinent sexual attention filled text with a boy in one of her 11th grade math classes at Manhattan Institute for collaborative education. She resigned before she could be hired as SCI recommended, and then snagged a job as a New York Times data analyst, according to her LinkedIn page. Michelle Zach then 31, engaged in an inappropriate relationship with two of her underage students at the Queen's High School. Teaching liberal arts and sciences, smoking pot with them and hosting them, hosting them for speakers. She was assigned to a non-classroom the department of education job while the investigation was away. She's now self-a self-employed tutor. Julia Rarapo, another institute <clears throat> for collaborative education teacher, told co-workers that she had a sexual relationship with a male student before she graduated in 2018. The then 33-year-old resigned from the Department of Education before the SCI recommended her termination to sued the city when word of the damaging report got back to the private Connecticut school that had unknowingly fired her. And New York State Supreme Court went to the United state's in the proper behavior the You see how they are? I mean... <clears throat> You don't want to take accountability, and you have the nerve to try and sue the Department of Education for your behavior. If this was a bunch of men, they would be in jail. Every last one of them would be in jail. Zach declined to comment, as did Rafael's attorney. The others did not respond to queries. Seven of the 21 substantial SCI reports on sexual behavior in schools released in the, in the last two months involved female perpetrators, in line with the average. Advocacy to stop sexual abuse, misconduct, and exploitation. Sesame. I'm outraged. Sesame founder Terry Miller told the post how dare these teachers who were put in a position to trust of trust over our children violate the trust so egregiously. These incidents are going to put a mark of trauma on every single one of those children. Miller warned against the tendency to minimize. The damage done by female teachers who prey on teen boys. Studies find the boys offended by a female are more likely to suffer more severe psychological trauma, more likely to become addicted to alcohol and drugs, and more likely to drop out of school, she said. This is a life-threatening trauma and injury that bad Apple teachers are inflicting on our children, and they are children, Miller added. Damage done. Insane. Insane. And it's crazy. All right. So, let's see what's up next. Oh, yeah. We'll make this the last one. Uniform, queer <clears throat> uniform ticketing initiative launched by Virgin Atlantic. Oh boy. Here we go. Virgin Atlantic has updated the, its gender identity policy to allow cabin crew, pilots, and ground team to choose which of their iconic Vinny Western design uniforms best represents them, no matter their gender, gender identity, or gender expression. The airline was disclosed a. 960 million lost in 2021 believes offering its staff a good approach to its red and burgundy uniforms, cements its position as the most inclusive airline in the south. All right, let's take a look, shall we? Oh boy, prepare for the cringe, prepare for the cringe.
2: Here we go. There,
0: The policy doesn't just stop at outfits. It's complemented by rollout of optional pronoun badges for all its staff and passengers in the United States, as well as an update ticketing system which allows passengers to select like a gender neutral channel such as MX. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to help your business by pushing. Um, pushing your lifestyle and keep in the passenger spaces they'll just get angry and just not go to your airlines and write a bad review those holding passports with gender neutral genders will uh genders will may also be able to select you or ex-gender's code on their booking the promotional video released by a version atlantic shows a people of teasing celebrities and lgbtq actors and influencers prancing about targeting and their choices. of things. This policy allows everyone to have a seat at the table, said non binary TikTok star Tyrese Nguyen. It's not taken away from anyone, it's just allowing everyone from the community to just have a choice. The updated gender identity policy is also is so important to me as a non binary person. It allows me to be myself at work and have the choice of what uniform I wear, said yeah. Jamie Forrest, member of the Virginia Captain mm-hmm. Group. As a mother of a non binary child and an, an alphabet ally, these efforts by Virgin Atlantic to further inclusively are extremely important to these people feel empowered when they wear what best represents, them, said Michelle Visage, who was a judge of the pride Race. The initiative also includes implicitly training to be rolled out across Virgin Atlantic corporate structure, as well as with its tourism and partners to ensure that all. Regardless of their gender identity. The new policy is an extension of the community policy, allowing crew to forego, makeup, wear flat shoes, and show off different shoes if they choose However, not everyone supports the policy channel. Just want to be handed a genitonic. I don't want all this prancing and I don't want to know your pronouns. I don't care what your pronouns are, say comedian Europe on GD News. Virgin Atlantic is allowing male cabin crew and pilots to wear skirts and crew staff to wear trousers. I highly doubt there was a significant demand for this change to happen. Exactly. You're just you putting this in people's faces. You're just forcing it on people. Nothing more than corporate virtual signaling and attention seeking, tweeted Darren Grimes. 2019, Virgin Atlantic that a clear flight between New York and London that was staffed by entirely the pilots and cabin crew. The airline said the flight. will be a true celebration of queer culture, 38,000 feet above the Atlantic. There was an on-board DJ drag between Binjo Judy Garland, sing-along, intercede speed dating, and a special in-flight entertainment that was intended to worldwide prior 2019. What is this for? This is is just attention-seeking. Only time will tell whether appealing to a tiny minority by shoving pronouns and gender identities in people's faces of a weary British public, will be the need to pull the struggling airline out of the hole that we stand. This is going to crash and burn. Hopefully, not literally. That's all I got for now. Um, I'll see you guys later. Like, share, comment, subscribe.